Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to another edition of the My Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 150, presented by and hosted by G2. I am G2, and I would like to ask every single one of you, how are you doing today? Um, I would like to let everyone know that since we have been off of daylight savings time and we're back to regular hours, and the government has decided to give us back an hour since last week, my body has been trying to uh, stay, it's trying to keep up with it. My body at one point used to be able to go from losing an hour to gain an hour real easy. But since they have decided to give us an hour back, my body has been trying to get adjusted to it. I don't care about the uh, people saying that the night is starting to come faster and all that. I don't care about all that. My body just got to adjust. I have seen people's body uh, needing to adjust from this hour gaining back which I am thankful for. I'm just tired of the government taking the hours from us. It's disgusting to me. I feel that it's their uh, duty just to try to piss off the people that they're supposed to be uh, serving. I think that's just what they're doing, me personally. But again, my body's trying to adjust to this. I've seen people's bodies trying to adjust to this. People start to get real... uh, not going to say lazy, but real sluggish, like towards the end of the day, because again, their body has recouped back from that hour that has been given back to them. But that's just me. I'm hoping that everybody else is starting to get back, get readjusted to that hour that they gained from this week. If not, we still got a couple months to go to get our bodies back adjusted before the government decides to take the hour away from us again and go back on daylight savings time. But that's until then. And when that happens, I'll talk about it and talk about how frustrated I am, as I usually do, because I get pissed off a lot about that. But we're not talking about that now. We're talking about us getting an hour back. And uh, I'm happy for it. I'm thankful for it. But my body just got to catch up to it. Now, getting off of that, I would like to start off with the National Food Day of the Week. Today being November the 12th, it is National French Dip Day. Uh, Tomorrow, November the 13th, it is National Indian Pudding Day. November the 14th, it is National Pickle Day. November the 16th is National Fried Food Day, November the 17th, Homemade Bread Day, and to round this off, November the 18th is Apple Cider Day. Now, getting away from the National Food Days, I do want to continue on with the food topics here because I want to let everyone be aware that on November the 13th, which is tomorrow if you're listening to this episode on a Sunday, um, Krispy Kremes and participating locations, the, they are giving out uh, free donuts to celebrate World Kindness Day. They would say that the first 500 people to visit participating Krispy Kreme locations on November the 13th will receive a dozen free original glazed donuts to inspire and enable kindness to others, the company announced Wednesday. So there you go. You can do that, and they say donut lovers can claim the free treat without making a purchase. So you could just go in there and ask for a dozen donuts. That's something. So if you're having a crappy Monday, hey, get up, go to Krispy Kremes, try to be there as soon as the doors open, so you're one of the first people to get your donuts, so you won't be late. But if you're having a crappy Monday, go to Krispy Kremes, grab a dozen donuts, and uh, enjoy a donut. I mean, because Krispy Kreme donuts are hard to beat once they have those, like, hot and ready signs up there. I mean, their donuts are top-notch whenever it has that. I don't like stale donuts. That stuff kind of, like, makes me want to push them away. I always eat donuts whenever, like, the first day I get them. Because after the first day, they always start losing the softness the next day. And then you got to microwave them. I don't like doing all that. I'm like, ugh. I eat them the first day. After that, everybody can have the rest. You do whatever you want. So... Again, if you're having a crappy day, have no fear. Go to Krispy Kreme, grab yourself a dozen donuts, and uh, hopefully that will cheer you up. Now, moving away from the Krispy Kreme, I do want to say that people are having a problem with the new tipping culture, which me, myself, I'm kind of starting to get more into the tipping culture. And what I mean by that is starting to tip people more uh, freely, 
and I don't mean by free, like, oh my God, just give my money for any type of service. No, I'll break down why I'm giving tips more than I usually would, but I'll get more into that in a minute. I want to read you something that the Washington Post would write about the new tipping culture and how Americans are confused and frustrated by it. Uh, it would say, if it seems to you that almost everywhere these days, from coffee shops to takeout spots, there's an added service fee, you're not alone. People are feeling tipflation. Uh, they would say that 72% saying that tipping is expected in more places today than it was five years ago. Most don't like the addition of service charges, the amounts that many restaurants and other businesses have tacked on customers' tabs under various names, often to cover the higher cost of things like food and labor without having to raise their prices. An overwhelming 72% of people oppose this, with only 10% saying they favor them. Okay, here's my deal on the tipping business and everything else. Again, I understand why people are upset with the whole tipping culture and you feeling more obligated to tip someone. I understand the frustration for it. Here's my thing. I'm going to tip you if you do a good job. If you provide me with the service that I, um, that I ask of you, and you do it without no scuttlebutt, you do it without being a pain in the neck or a pain in the butt to me, I'll give you a tip. And if you're not, like, if I'm at a restaurant, if you're not over my shoulder, if you're there, like, doing your job and you're allowing me to be at peace, be myself and allow me to get adjusted, I'll tip you. That's cool. That's fine. I won't tip you or I'll have a problem tipping you is if you're constantly over my shoulder all the time as I'm there or you mess up my order and you and you expect me to give you a tip, that's not happening. That just won't be my thing. And I think people need to come along with that. I think people need to be on the side of, okay, just tip them just so you can get them out of the way because a lot of these people are not uh, well-adjusted. They're not well within their pay realm because a lot of these people are not getting paid as well as they should be. And what you get at one point, in an earlier episode, I did mention how my mother had to get me to convert to this idea to tip people, and she was the one to tell me about all this, and which is the reason why I am the way I am today with the tipping process. Um, people are not being paid the way they should be paid, and I think that people should be striking. People should go out on strikes and do what they need to do so they can get paid more, but with the strikes, you would have people not working there and they need to pay their bills and all that type of stuff. And I get it. But tipping should not be that bad. If you're over someone's shoulder, don't do that and expect a tip because you're not going to get one. People like to be themselves. People like to be free. People like to eat and do all that kind of stuff. And also, if you're just adding, like, if you're adding tips onto a service that already takes out tips, you're being a dick. Don't do that. You're asking for more money. You're being more greedy. Don't do that. And also, if you are hiding the tipping, like, if you're hiding the tip on a bill under a different name, don't do that. Just be upfront with the customer. Be upfront with them. Say, this is what this is for my service. And I'm pretty sure the customer even begrudgingly, they will agree to give you that money because they will understand the reason why you need that money or why you try to disguise it. But just be upfront with them if they ask you what it was. Because there was a video circulating on Instagram where a woman was out on a date with, I believe, her husband or probably her boyfriend, one of the two. And she saw the bill and she tried to figure out what was, uh, what, that word meant that was underneath there. And the woman had to tell her, well, that's kind of my services for me doing this for you guys here, that blah, blah, blah. The woman was upset by this and she didn't get, she didn't get loud, but you could tell that she, in her way that she was not okay with people hiding something on her bill, which I don't think anybody would be. So again, if you are someone working in the restaurant business, Please let people know up front, hey, we have this on your bill so you can know what that is up front so that you will not have any type of problems. So if you do have a problem with this, do not uh, dine here because that will be on your tip. Well, that will be on your bill. That's just my thing with that. So with that, I hope people understand why people have to pay tips. And please, you should be tipping people because if you don't tip someone, you're more than likely going to get probably a bad service once you come back to that place people are probably going to do something to your food or do something to 
your order. I don't want that possibility to ever happen to me personally. That's another reason why I do tip because if I go to a place and I like the place, I'm more likely going to frequent back to that place and I want them to remember my face and know that I did treat them well and I know that they can say, hey, don't do nothing to this guy. He tips us. We're good. He's good. Just give him his order and all that type of stuff. That's another reason and a big, big reason why I do tip. So again, everybody, please tip. And if you're in the restaurant business, just tell them what you are putting on their bill so they won't be uh, surprised whenever they do get the bill. That's all I'm asking. Now, moving away from that, now it's time for the condolences part of the show here. Um, first condolence that we have to give out to is Matt Oltrich. He is a Super Bowl winner with the Indiana Colts. He died at the age of 41 this past Wednesday. The cause of death has not been announced. Uh, the Colts team owner would announce the news saying, I am heartbroken to hear the passing of Matt Oltrich. Matt was with us for only two seasons, but left his mark on many. The owner will post this on X. And also Matt Oltrich's wife would pin out a uh, post on Facebook saying, as many of you know, our beloved, one-of-a-kind Matt has passed away and is in a better place. Matt, we love you so much. You are profoundly missed. We all want you back for just one more day, one more hug, one more kiss, one more laugh, one more joke, one more wrestle with the boys. It seems impossible to do this life without you. Please pray for peace and comfort for the boys. They have lost their greatest fan, coach, and friend. I don't have details on a service yet, but we'll post here when I do. Thank you to everyone for reaching out and offering help. We appreciate it and are surrounded in love. So Matt Altrich, he would pass away this past week and also a former NFL cornerback DJ Hayden among six others have passed away after a car accident in Houston as this was reported by USA Today. Hayden was 33. According to authorities, they received a call around 2 a.m. concerning a traffic accident with two vehicles involved, a Chrysler 300 and an Acura SUV. The Chrysler was deemed the at-fault vehicle as it went through a red light at a high speed. Uh, four people pronounced dead at the scene and four others were taken to a local hospital. Two died after being transported to the hospital. Five males, including one police said, appeared to be homeless and one female were among the fatalities and are investigating to get the exact circumstances of the accident, including who was driving the SUV. According to the Houston Chronicle two of Hayden's University of Houston teammates, cornerback Zach McMillan and offensive lineman Ralph Orgua were also killed in the crash. So as of right now, we have no idea who was in fault of this uh, accident that occurred, but still rest in peace to everyone that uh, passed away from this crash. It's devastating whenever you see a car accident happen. Or you see the aftermath, seeing the cars just being completely just demolished. And you just think about there were people inside that vehicle that happened to die. That's insane to me. But again, hopefully they find the reason. Hopefully they find out who was driving. I don't think it's going to matter much because with the people that passed away, um, I don't think you're really going to get much out of that. Only probably the older, what, four people that were taken to the local hospitals, they'll be able to tell you what they can recollect from it but yeah it's just a crying shame from uh every angle that you think of so again rest in peace to all these individuals that passed away from this uh accident here now moving on to the last condolences that i have here influencer luann andrade 29 dies following liposuction complications luann andrade an instagram influencer from brazil tragically passed away from liposuction procedure in so Paulo, on Wednesday, she was transferred to the intensive care unit for treatment, but died soon afterwards from a pulmonary embolism. So we have that. And I didn't know what a pulmonary embolism was, but the article that I was reading would tell me that a pulmonary embolism is when a blood clot blocks a blood vessel in your lungs. It can be life-threatening if not treated quickly. Symptoms include sudden difficulty breathing, uh, chest pain when you inhale and coughing up blood and it requires urgent medical attention. So she passed away basically from not being able to, uh, I think it's not uh, breathing 
or if she did breathe, she was in a lot of pain. But yeah, man, that's insane. I want people to be careful. I want people to be careful whenever they go underneath the knife for uh, cosmetic uh, procedures. Again, I don't know what it was. I'm not going to try to identify why she was doing all this. People have their own reasons for doing whatever they do under the knife, but please be careful. Please be, uh, please have those one-on-one conversations with yourself and your loved ones about any type of surgery that you're planning on wanting or planning on going to have, because at one moment you might think you might need it. The next moment, someone in your circle might tell you you don't need it. And they might actually talk you out of going into surgery because we've seen plenty of cases of people dying under surgery. We've seen plenty of cases of people dying in the recovering process of a surgery, or we've seen plenty of cases whenever someone just has surgery and nothing bad happens to them. So again, there's a lot of different things that can happen to people and the outcomes are varied upon different individuals. But again, I just want to say, please, if you're going to take any type of, or going to get any type of uh, surgery that is just for your own personal uh, not going to even say health for your own personal gratification. Check with your people to make sure that you're doing this uh, the right way and that you're 100% okay with doing this and you know the chances of what could happen. Again, I don't want to have this kind of PSA on this woman who happened to pass away because of uh, liposurgery, but this is something that needs to be talked about, especially when you think about Again, the most infamous one to me is Kanye West's mom dying under uh, the table. Um, this past year, uh, DC Youngfly's baby mother passing away this year because of uh, elective surgery. I don't want to like shame these women because they did surgery and surgery's out there because people want to do it. And people, there's been plenty of cases of people having surgery and there's nothing been wrong with them. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm downing anybody for getting elective surgery. I don't want that to sound like that at all. Please, please make sure you understand that. I just want people to know that things can happen and things are happening more frequently now than there probably has been before. So please, again, if you're going to do elective surgery, talk to your people to make sure that they're okay with this and also have them talk to you to make sure you're truly okay with this. So that if anything does happen, they can say, well, she wanted to do it. She was okay with it. There's no looking back and being like extremely sad, which people will be extremely sad because someone dying under the table is still a hard thing, but there's no type of like hard stone cold resentment towards that person because they were dead set on getting this type of surgery, if you know what I mean. So again, uh, rest in peace to Luann Andrade. I do wish her family light love and hopefully they can get through this situation um rest in peace to dj hayden and all those other individuals that died in a car accident and also rest in peace to matt altrich love and light and peace to every single uh person and all their individuals in these respective uh condolences stories now, moving over to the next topic here, where I want to talk about the New York's mayor, Eric Adams. Apparently, the government or the feds are looking into him. As this was reported by the Associated Press, FBI agents quietly seized phones and an iPad from New York City Mayor Eric Adams earlier this week as part of an investigation into political fundraising during his 2021 campaign. His attorney discussed Friday the seizures happened as Adams was leaving a public event in Manhattan, according to a statement from the mayor's attorney. On Monday night, the FBI approached the mayor after an event. The mayor immediately complied with the FBI's request and provided them with electronic devices. The mayor has not been accused of any wrongdoing and continues to cooperate with the investigation. The seizures of the devices first reported by the New York Times came four days after federal agents searched the Brooklyn home of Adams' top campaign uh, fundraiser, Brianna shrugs that search prompted the mayor to cancel a planned trip to meet with the White House officials in Washington and instead return to New York. In a statement on Friday, Adams, a former police captain, said he had nothing to hide. As a former member of law enforcement, I expect all members of my staff to follow the law and fully cooperate with any sort of investigation, and I will continue to do exactly that, he said. 
The revelation of the seizure is the clearest evidence yet that the federal investigators are interested in Adams, who had previously kept an arm's length distance from ethics scandals that have dogged several of his associates. Now, it would come out Friday from Mayor Eric Adams' attorney that they had discovered that an individual had recently acted inappropriately. His campaign spokesperson declined to identify the person involved or say what they did wrong. After the learning of their federal investigation, it was discovered that an individual had recently acted inappropriately in the spirit of transparency and cooperation. This behavior was immediately and proactively reported to investigators, offering no further details. So that was a statement here. So that's what's going on here. They're looking into Mayor uh, Eric Adams's campaign. They're saying that he conspired with Turkish government to receive donations from foreign sources funneled through straw donors. Uh, they will say the warrant also requested information about Mayor Eric Adams's use of New York City's matching funds program, which provides candidates with an eightfold match of a city's residents' first donations. They say over the summer, Manhattan prosecutors brought charges against six people who allegedly sought to manipulate the fundraising program to funnel tens of thousands of dollars to Adams' 2021 mayoral uh, campaign. Adams has not been charged in that case. So they're trying to look for something to see if Eric Adams had anything to do with his campaign in 2021 of people kind of giving him money through different ways and routes instead of going through the political way to do it, which again, it all seems funny-duddy to me because when you watch uh, shows like Billions and Secessions and you see people just giving money away in these side deals, like you scratch my back, I scratch yours, and which every politician does. This should not be a crime anymore, but it still is somehow, some way. It makes no sense to me. But they just want to know what or how did Eric Adams basically get all the money that he did basically have for his 2021 um, mayoral campaign. Me, I don't know how much he got. I don't care. I think this is nothing but baloney. I think this is just smoke and mirrors, to be completely honest with you. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, I think this is smoke and mirrors. Because who cares? Who cares how a politician gets their money like that? Who cares how they uh, get it for their political running? I really don't care. I only care about what they're going to do when they get the seat. What type of rules, what type of effects is going to happen, and how that's going to change the outcome for the people that have to live within these rules that these people will be placing. That's all I care about. Now, yes, you have to worry about what they're saying on their political campaign, but you always got to remember that's always just to get people to vote for them. And that's for them to say, we want to do this, we want to do that, but not all of it's going to come to fruition. So don't ever really take... I say take what they're going to say on their campaign with a grain of salt, but look into some of the stuff that they have done if they're really political and they've had some other uh, jobs in the political realm, see what type of stuff that they vote for. See what type of stuff that they wrote and got passed. Look into that. That's the political side of what I'm talking about here. But when it's talking about fundraising and getting the money to go and do the political campaigning, I don't care. I don't care how they get it. I don't think the government truly cares how they get it. I think it's just someone just trying to buck and just piss someone off and just be like, hey, go after them because if you go after them, you probably can get down a bigger fish. That's the only thing I can think of this. And yeah, someone had to go under. Someone had to uh, basically be the patsy for Eric Adams because I find it very, very funny how someone, how on a Friday when Eric Adams' whole phones and iPads, and by the way, they did say that some of his items did get like returned to him. How on Friday, when they got notice of this on a Monday, but probably got pre-notice of this earlier on, weeks ahead, you were able to find out and tell the people that's doing the investigation who did what they did. And right now, there is no public name to who acted immorally or got compromised, whatever may have you, in Eric Adams' whole, like, squad I just find it funny. I just think that it was someone that they came to. They said, hey, you got to take the fall for this. Yada, yada, yada. You'll be compensated. I think that because, again, I watch too many movies and shows where 
this type of stuff happens and this always seems like the thing that goes with it whenever you get a big official somebody has to be the fall guy instead of the official so whoever it is i hope you got a big paycheck i hope you get something out of it it might not even be money it just might be status maybe who knows but whenever this stuff comes to fruition this is just number smoke and mirrors ladies and gentlemen i had to report on this because this is uh mayor of new york big big high profile state New York, the place where everybody wants to be. And Eric Adams, you, my man, you're not getting a lot of love from a lot of people that's in New York because there's been videos roaming around of people saying that they've been getting kicked out of uh, places that you put them in because now you are starting to look after the migrants that's been shipped over to New York. I'm not in New York. I'm not a New York resident. This isn't my business. I'm just saying this. From what I see they are upset because you're looking after people that are not from your state instead of the people that are in your state and they actually have to pay taxes or whatever may have you. You probably want to fix that up first, my guy. Just after you get done with this, start handling that. Because when you handle that, I think people will be able to look over what you have done to them. When you start handling your own instead of going after uh, people that are being shipped to you. I think the people that are upset with you and that might even want to help the feds or even be cheering on the feds to take you down. Once you start helping them out, I think they'll be willing to, one, vote for you whenever it's time for re-election for you. And two, hopefully they will actually just stand by you because having the public stand by you and back you is one of the great things about being in the media, being a official, doing the stuff in front of the cameras. So again, this is probably me going off on rhetoric. Rhetoric, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, handle what you got to handle, and whoever the patsy is that's uh, taking a fall for this, I hope you're getting some type of uh, money or compensation, whatever you're looking for. Now, moving over to the next topic here, I want to talk about something that really upset me and kind of disturbed me because I don't remember no like news outlet really picking up on this. This happened in like September and I'm just catching wind of it now. Um, This is of a daycare worker purposely burning a six month old uh, baby's hand. According to the arrest warrant, September 22nd, Victoria Salter was arrested because she burned a baby's hand in a bottle warmer twice saying good job as the baby cried out in pain. The bottle warmer is used to heat water to temperature as high as 194 degrees Fahrenheit. The incident was caught on surveillance camera inside the McMillan's First Steps daycare. Uh, Later that afternoon, the baby's mother said she got a call from the daycare that her daughter had been burned. She rushed to the school and took her daughter to the hospital. They scrubbed all the blisters off of her hand and she was screaming and I had to hold her down. I had to hold her down because she didn't know what was going on, you know. She was six months, she was crying, and I didn't know what to do. Doctors at Children's Hospitals New Orleans determined that the baby suffered second-degree burns. The burns were so severe that the infant would have scars and possibly lose the range of motion in her hand. Victoria was arrested and she was charged with cruelty to a juvenile. If found guilty, she faces up to 40 years in the state prison. That is a monster. And you mean to tell me we're looking at things going around the country, things going around the world. And we mean to tell me that we don't talk about this monster right here. I said it before and I will constantly preach this here. Children are the future. Babies are innocents. They are literally one of the most innocent things on this planet. And you mean to tell me you as a daycare worker, your job is literally nothing but just to look after the babies, making sure they're okay, make sure they don't put Play-Doh in their mouth, make sure they don't put anything that's not chewable or anything like that inside of their mouth holes or their ear holes or their nostrils. You just got to look after them to make sure that they're good. And it's not that hard to be exact with you because I've had to like look after some babies. Yes, some babies are unruly. They cry a lot, but they're babies. It is what it is. But you put a baby's hand in a bottle warmer twice and you got it so bad that it blistered up. I mean, I saw photos of it and that looked disgusting. It was 
terrible. And the possibility of a baby being able to lose some motion in her fingers, and she's not even one, not even five, not ten, not she is six months. That is that's ir oh my god. That's wild to me. That's just ludicrous. I hope that she gets found guilty, to be completely honest. Because if they have this own video, they have this like documented, there should be no trial. Just throw the damn book at people. This is why I get so upset whenever we have to use the word allegedly, or we have to use a lot of these different words to make sure you don't get sued. I understand that they got to go through the court process and all this type of jib-jab bullshit. I understand that. But whenever you got someone on film, dead to rights, committing a crime, committing something so damn atrocious, what is there to really do? What type of crime, what type of law, what type of court system do you have to go through when you see something like this? You have no camera. Arrest them, throw the book at them, take their ass to jail, prison, whatever one is to hire up. I personally don't care at this moment. Take them away. Throw the book at them. There should be no more that we have to discuss here with this. I mean that whenever you see someone get killed on camera, whenever you see someone get stabbed on camera, whenever you see someone run someone over with a car, I mean, when you see all these things, and I understand there's some gray area for certain situations, but whenever there is a baby involved, I don't think there's any gray area in it. I think it's just a person being a monster and just killing a baby or hurting a baby. You, There's no way you're going to change my mind on this. There's none. I hope this woman gets the book thrown at her. I hope she gets 40 years. I hope that they hurt her in prison, in jail. I hope that they do, to be completely honest. Because you hurting a baby, you need to get hurt for that. That's just my personal view. That's the way I feel about it. But we'll wait and see. And that's one story I'm going to keep my eye on. Now that I have my eyes locked in on it and I know about it, I'm going to keep my eyes on it to make sure and see what's going to happen to this woman. To see if she gets hit with 40 years or they might get worse. If she gets hit with anything less than 40, I'm going to be extremely disgusted in that court system. Because again, it's a baby. And the possibility of losing some motion in the hands at the age, and I'll say it again, the baby's age is six months. What are we doing here if that happens? What are we doing? Now, with that being said, I want to move over to my next topic here, as this is again presented by the Associated Press or written, however you want to announce it. Um, the title would read, Three Charged with Running Sex Marine that Cater to Elected Officials, Other Wealthy Clients, Sophisticated Commercial Sex Marine in Massachusetts and Eastern Virginia that Cater to Well-Connected Clients such as Elected Officials and Military Officers. Federal prosecutors said on Wednesday, women were featured on websites that falsely claimed to advertise nude Asian models for professional photography in high-end apartments with monthly rent as high as $3,660 were used as brothels. Prosecutors would say another website allowed clients to rate the women. This commercial sex ring was built on secrecy and exclusivity, catering to a wealthy and well-connected clientele, and business was booming until today, acting Massachusetts U.S. Attorney Josh Levy said. The Massachusetts brothels were in Watertown and Cambridge, while others were outside of Washington, D.C. in Tysons and Fairfax, Virginia. Prosecutors say buyers paid upwards of $600 per hour for services, and some even paid a monthly membership fee to be pre-cleared for sex in a process similar to TSA pre-check. Authorities have not named the people believed to have bought services through the ring, and none of them have been charged, but Levy stressed that the investigation is in the early stages and said that the prosecutors are committed to holding accountable both those who ran the scheme and those who filled the demand for this ring. Now, moving over to the three people that were arrested in the sex ring. The first person is Hannah Lee, 41, of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Second person, James Lee, 68, of Torrance, California. And third person is Junum Lee, 30, of Denham, Massachusetts. They were arrested on Wednesday and charged with conspiracy to coerce and entice others to travel to engage in illicit 
quote, illegal sexual activity. Prosecutors say they made hundreds of thousands of dollars through the scheme. Now, an attorney for Han Lee declined to comment in an email seeking comment was sent to a lawyer for General Lee. There was no attorney listed for James Lee in the court records, so they have that. Authorities use surveillance and phone records to identify sex buyers and interviewed about 20 of them during the investigation, according to court paperwork. Uh, one buyer told investigators he was directed via text message to an apartment and provided a menu of women services and hourly rate. They would say that Han and Junun Lee are accused of running the day-to-day -day operations of the Massachusetts brothel. Han is also accused of overseeing the daily operations in the Virginia ones, according to the court papers that included arranging for transportation for the women's and collecting proceeds, authorities allege. Prosecutors say James Lee also leased several of the current and former brothel locations in Massachusetts and Virginia. Now, the reason why I brought this to you guys is because it's, it's no secret that things like this happen. It's no secret that um, people are in these secretive, exclusive style like clubs or groups where they do some really, really shady, shysty, nasty things. This happened to be one of them. I want to know who are the elected officials and military officers that apparently the Massachusetts uh, guy, prosecutor, U.S. attorney, excuse me, because titles matter, is trying to get or can't get. I would like to know the names because you know what? This to me is almost like the Jeffrey uh, Epstein like island. Like, if you remember the Jeffrey Epstein Island, he would have an island. He took high-profile people over there, and apparently there were some underage uh, girls there and that these high-profile people kind of slept with or is still not technically proven. The only one that we can actually say that maybe have done something is the Prince uh, Andrew situation because there was a woman that came out of Prince Andrew saying that he slept with her over there. There's been other women that say that other people have slept with them at the Jeffrey Epstein Island situation. But again, oh yeah, and also this girl, uh, Galeen, she just got, she was arrested and I think she got found guilty of that stuff too. So yeah, it's been proven. So I stand corrected. Anyway, things of this magnitude has been around for years and years and years. I would think that people that are in these, uh, officials that are in these high standing positions, your political officials, people in the military, you wouldn't want to at least be associated with something like this. This is nasty. This is gross. You have to be in a secret, like society exclusive type thing to be in this. No, that's already strike one. Because whenever you're in a secret, like exclusive type environment or whatever this is, you know, there's only two ways this ends. Either one, this thing is buried in the ground and thank your lucky stars, you never ever get popped with this. Or either two, and this is more the one that favors a lot. It always gets exposed. And if it gets exposed, you have the potential of now facing irreversible damage to your reputation. Only a few, and I mean this, a few people have been able to face the scrutiny, or make those things disappear that they have never, ever been there. Now, the people that face the scrutiny that made it out, those are only the small people. They never, and when I mean by small, I mean the small, like, amount of people. I mean, they're not small at all. I mean, those are, like, high-profile people, but, like, it'll get mentioned one moment here, but then they, like, fade off into the darkness years to come. And it only seemed like a faded memory to certain people that might remember this. So that's usually the case here. Whenever it has things going down with secrecy in a club like this that does debauchery, things like this, usually it gets exposed and a lot of people have to face that scrutiny. Only a certain small select few will face the scrutiny, get past it, and that thing gets blown off into the dark. A lot of them, that stays with them. That tarnishes their reputation. They more than likely don't ever come back from that. So I would like to know who 
these people are. Now, it does say this is an ongoing investigation. So just be on the lookout. And it's just so fascinating that it is around around the Christmas time for holiday season that the uh, Massachusetts U.S. attorney is getting at this sex ring. Now, I find it funny because, as I said, holiday time, Christmas time, this would be the perfect time to bust people around the holidays and really ruin their holidays. Now, this could make people really come up to the U.S. attorney for Massachusetts to say, yo, we want to keep that under the wraps. What do you need? What type of things do you need from us so you can further your career or what may have you? I see that being the play for this guy here. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Who's to say? Only thing I know is I just find it funny that you had all the time throughout the year to get them. And now it's coming up to holiday season time. It's now time to start popping people for a sex crime. Again, that's just me. I'm just thinking it. Again, my thoughts, my opinions on it. Do what you do. I hope you're able to nail the people that you can nail. But I think you are just using this as a way to dangle some type of uh, scratch my back later down the line, if you know what I mean. But hey, do what you do. If you happen to arrest some high profile people, I'll be here. I'll talk about it because guess what? I'll give you your praise then and I'll shout you out and I'll say congratulations to you. But I don't see that going that way. At least me, I don't. But more on this topic will come about whenever uh, more information comes. Now, moving over to the next thing I want to talk about is it was a real, real suspicious how four LA Sheriff's Department employees died by suicide in 24 hours. This happened this past week. The first tragedy occurred around 10.30 a.m. Monday in Valencia, followed by another at 12.53 p.m. in Lancaster, the third at 5.40 in Stevenson Ranch. The fourth victim was found on Tuesday at around 7.30 a.m. in Panoma. As of right now, they have no type of reasoning of why this thing happened. I, I don't know what to say about this. Four police uh, officers, three were currently active, one was retired, were all found dead. All within a stand of 24 hours, they are saying it is by suicide. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if all four of these guys were a part of a secret fraternity and that, that fraternity is about to get popped. Or I don't know if these guys were doing something real shicey, real nasty, real illegal at a point, and now they got to get they can't handle it no more. I was about to get unearthed and now they just decide to take their life. I don't know. I'm looking for more things to come out about this because this is real weird. This popped onto my news. This popped onto my mother's news, my family's news. My mom asked me, do you know what's up with this? I said, nah, I'm going to wait for more evidence to come out, more news. And as of right now, there hasn't been any about this. So again, I'm going to wait this next week. I hope that there's more information come about this because for four Police officers just to die all within 24 hours and they're claiming it is by suicide. I think that's weird. It's almost, no, it isn't almost, it's exactly as weird as how California right now, they still have a killer out on the loose that's been killing supermodels. What, I believe it happened this past summer. There was never no mention of the person being caught. So again, we have a lot of crazy things out there in California. And if you're in California, please be careful. Because one, if you're a supermodel, there is a killer out there on the loose. Again, they police officers are saying that they're not connected, but bullshit. Somebody is killing supermodels out there. They're just taking their time and doing it real slowly and trying to wait for the heat to die down and strike back again. Please be careful. And if you're a police officer and you knew who you're, any of these uh four guys that happened to basically kill themselves, go and talk to their family, console them, hold them, and try to talk to them and see how that person was the days or hours or even moments before they happened to commit. Just try to figure out what's going down. That's all I'm trying to get with this uh, notion. But again, I'm waiting for more evidence to come out about this and hopefully more evidence come out about the supermodel killer as well. But we'll wait and see about that. Now, off to the next topic, still staying California. Uh, California gym owner accused of hiding cameras in bathroom now faces new charges. The district attorney's office is alleging the Sands 
Luis Obispo, gym owner who admitted to hiding a camera in a bathroom, did so for sexual gratification. New charges filed on Wednesday would show the accusation runs counter to the story Cole Corrigan, 35, told the Tribune in an exclusive interview when he claimed he planted the camera in order to catch a thief. Corrigan was charged with five crimes after police searched his home in relation to a hidden camera found in the restroom of CCC Fitness, Corrigan's gym 24-hour for females in September. The sixth charge comes after St. Louis Obispo police said they found recording video footage of two people on the camera, a contradiction to what Corrigan previously told the Tribune. Corrigan said he only live-streamed from the camera at CCC Fitness on August 29th in an attempt to catch someone he believed was stealing from him only to have the camera discovered by a new gym member. Corrigan told the Tribune there was no memory card in the camera and that the camera's feed could only be accessed via a live view within 30 feet. But according to police, two people were captured on hidden camera in the restroom at the fitness center. They had previously, well, they had been notified, police said, and there are no additional people detectives are looking to contact. He is now charged with two misdemeanor counts of using an instrument to record in an area of privacy for sexual gratification. All right, dog, this is nasty. You see, mm, here's the thing. People have their own little kinks. People have their own little things that they like to get off to. Do you do whatever? Here's my thing with this. A gym is a place where people are trying to get themselves fit. They're trying to get themselves right. All that good stuff. You cannot be placing a video camera inside of a bathroom. I don't think no business is going to allow that ever. I just got done a couple, what, weeks ago talking about a freaking bakery and I believe it was uh, somewhere over there in Europe. Uh, a former employee won a case because the, well, the owner didn't have a restroom for them to change into. So the person ended up urinating inside one of their uh, equipment stuff, rinsing it out, placing the equipment stuff in there. Long story less on the judge rules in, for, in favor of the ex-employee because they did not have a restroom. And for you to be placing a camera in a spot where it's supposed to be these people's uh, rest area, you can't be doing that. And under the guy laws, you can't place a video camera in a rest area, a bathroom, things of that nature. And for this gym owner to hide or install a camera in there, you can't do that, bro. There's no way. There's been people that have been trying to film inside of like the, what, Planet Fitness gyms. And they've been getting kicked out because that footage gets traveled around on TikTok. There was one woman that did that. And I believe she got, I don't know if she got banned or kicked out of Planet Fitness, but I did know she got like, uh harassed on social media for that. People were saying how uncouth she was to be recording someone in the locker room or in the sauna. It was one of the two situations there. But you can't be doing that. You can't record people in a bathroom. That's not cool. That's not right. That's just downright just nasty, just to be honest. But if you're the owner, that's your kink. Oh, you got to find a better kink. You got to find a different kink, my guy. You got to. Because this was not it. This was not the kink for you to get sexual gratification on. But again, that's all what the police are saying you got sexual gratification on. I'm not here to say that you did. I'm just going off their word. And if that's your thing, you need to get a new thing. Because now you got some more charges like coming up to you. And your next court date is up on November 28th. And I believe that's what, a couple of days after Thanksgiving, I believe. So you got to deal with that. I don't know. That's a whole like week after. But yeah. Dog, you can't be recording people. You can't be doing that inside of a bathroom. You know better. I think everybody knows you can't be doing that. But, hey, whatever happens to you, happens to you. And if you got that type of kink that you got to record someone inside of a bathroom, get a different kink. Get something else. Do something else, man. That's all I'm saying. Do something else so you want to go to jail or at least be charged with being a nasty, sick pervert. Because that is above the pervert spectrum. That's just you just being a nasty little freak. But again, hey, that's just my personal opinion on that. It is what it is. 
you'll have your day in court to uh, either say you're guilty, not guilty to this. And then whatever happens after that happens. Now, continuing along with guilty or not guilty, or at least guilty in the eyes of public opinion, we have the Kiki Palmer story here. Kiki Palmer uh, would issue a, well, restraining order against her, well, her baby father, ex-boyfriend, Darius Jackson, and she would be granted uh, temporary sole custody of her son, as this was reported by CNN. Kiki Palmer is now the sole guardian of her six, well, eight-month-old son. After she filed and was granted a request for a domestic violence restraining order against the child's father, Darius Jackson, uh, Kiki Palmer was granted temporary sole custody of her son after filing legal documents on Thursday in Los Angeles. According to those documents, which was obtained by CNN, Palmer requested full physical and legal custody of her son from the court, citing allegations of physical abuse, including many instances of physical violence, including striking and grabbing her around the neck. The temporary restraining order granted by a Los Angeles County judge stipulates that Jackson must stay at least 100 yards away from both Palmer and their son. Jackson was ordered to have no visitation with her son, well, his son, until further order of the court. The documents also stated. So we have that here. Also, Kiki Palmer's mom would uh, get at Darius uh, Jackson's older brother, who's also an actor, because she would say that the brother knew of Darius's uh, actions toward Kiki being physical and all that. He never did anything. Here's my thing. As a brother and as me having siblings, I can only talk to my brother so much or I can only talk to my siblings so much and they can take my advice and do what they want. So I'm not I'm not placing too much of the blame on the brother. As I said, your brother or you have any type of siblings, the only thing you can do is talk to them. That's about it. And yeah, sure, you can put your hands on them, but there's only so much hands putting on you can put on them until they actually listen or they constantly ignore you and then you just try to throw your hands up in the air. And certain individuals, they don't put their hands on their brothers or siblings. They just talk to them and that's about it. Now, again, I understand the mom for getting into it because that's her daughter. Kiki's her daughter. You don't want your daughter to ever... Uh, get into a situation like this. So I understand why the mom was getting at Darius's brother. I understand it. Now, Kiki and Homeboy, that's their thing. I happen to see, like, still videos that TMZ was able to uh, get of, I believe it was of last year. They said February 2022. And I think is of Darius, like, holding someone by, like, the couch. And again, it didn't look flattering towards homeboy again i don't know what's going on in kiki and homeboy's relationship he kind of probably did that last year she probably talked to him they had some probably had some talks he probably never did it again and or he just started to re-emerge back to being a complete asshole now again i don't know only thing i know from this dude is that he got upset with kiki doing the whole usher thing which again me as a man i understand the reason why you have talks you have conversations with your loved one or someone you're in your relationship with for that incident, so you will never end up in that type of incident. I understand why. But getting physical with your spouse or your loved one, I never ever condone. The only reason how I will ever condone it is if a spouse or loved one is trying to kill you and they actually have a gun or knife wielding up to you. Then I can actually see you like striking them just to keep your own for self-defense. That's the only time I can actually defend hitting a loved or spouse. That's the only time. Other than that, I really can't. I'll say I have to walk away, uh, get in a vehicle, God forbid, call law enforcement. I mean, do all these things to make sure you stay away from your lover, spouse, anybody that you actually do care about so that you won't get into these type of situations. That's just me. But again, Kiki and her dude, we don't know what happened in their relationship. The only people that do know is the mom, Kiki, the boyfriend, and probably even homeboy's brother, like people within the families of those two. They know what's actually going on in that relationship. Everybody else, we're just bystanders. We're just people just looking for the outside in. So I wish love and light to Kiki Palmer and uh, Darius Jackson and also their eight-month-old son. I hope they're able to figure all this stuff out, Kiki and the father. Hope they're able to get something figured out. If you guys need to be separated, that's cool. Homeboy, if you're really doing all these things like hurting Kiki, 
yo, dog, you need to get into some type of therapy. You need to be arrested. If that needs for it, you need to go to jail. Something needs to be done. You either need to make a change within yourself or your people need to start holding you extremely accountable, beat you up, do everything that you can to make you understand that it's not right to be putting your hands on a on your in like your spouse or your lover just because they do something that you might not like. It's not cool, it's not right. So again, homeboy, if you're doing that, yo dog, cut the shit and uh get yourself some help. Go into therapy and you need to apologize to Kiki for that because it's not right. It's not cool. That's my stance on this particular situation. But again, we'll wait and see what officially happens, what's going to happen between Kiki and the boyfriend, because now this situation is under a microscope. So now if Kiki is ever going out with someone that's going to be uh, publicized, if the boyfriend or ex-boyfriend, baby father goes out with someone that's going to be publicized, all this now is going to be publicized. And if they ever do or in a restaurant with each other, that's going to be publicized some more. So again, I hope they're able to find out a situation and get this stuff figured out and uh, get it put away. Now, moving over to the congratulations part of the show here. I want to say congratulations to Tracy Chapman, who became the first black songwriter to win Song of the Year in CMA Awards 56 year uh, history. Tracy Chapman's song Fast Car won Song of the Year and Single of the Year 35 years after she first recorded and released her version. Uh, this would come in part because Luke Combs, apparently he took the song and he ended up putting his own little twist on the song, but that ended up winning the single of the year, but her song, the original version won song of the year. So, uh, congratulations to Tracy Chapman. And again, I don't watch country. I don't listen to country music at all. That's not my genre of music. And when I saw this pop up, I had to listen to both versions i at least listened to a snippet of the fast car luke Combs version and the fast car tracy chapman version i would have tracy's on my personal playlist for me as i said i have a disdain for country music that's just me personally no disrespect there'll probably be one person that probably will hit me with a country music song that i'll probably be, might even turn my ears up to and might even say who's that maybe but right now i have not heard of one yet so that's just my thing, my own personal bias, but Tracy Chapman's version, I like her version of Fast Car, um, but again, congratulations to Tracy Chapman for doing that, and that also shows you something right there, and whether people want to acknowledge it or not, black people in country music, we probably don't work the best as much, that's not our genre of music where you'll see a lot of us in it, you'll probably get a little bit of us sprinkled in here or there, but that's not really our song category. Even though black people do listen to country, there'll be some. Trust me, there's some. I'm not one of them, but there is some that listen to country. It's just not our... It's not us. Let's put it like that. So that's not our award. That's not our uh, situation. And people know what I'm talking about. So I don't know. I shouldn't drag on in this, but you get what I mean. Uh, congratulations to Tracy. I'm glad that that happened. Congrats. Next up, congratulations to Jared Leto. Jared Leto, this past week, he climbed the Empire uh, State Building, and he did this all for press because his group, 30 Seconds to Mars, is launching uh, their 2024 world tour. So to just scale the Empire State Building, that's insane to me. I remember seeing how big the Empire State Building is just by from the ground and just looking up. That's insane that he wanted to scale that whole uh, building, but he did it. Congratulations to Jared Leto. That's just crazy. I don't understand why people will be risking their lives to do these type of things. But again, it's all about gaining that buzz. It's all about gaining the publicity. It's all about making people care about what you're doing. And for you to be scaling the Empire State Building, that tells me that you're trying to make sure that you don't really have to put a lot of marketing dollars into this. This was just putting your life out there on a limb for your band well congrats he did it he's still living to tell the tales tell the story congratulations to jared leto for that now the biggest congratulation is sag after sag after uh has come to a tentative agreement with the hollywood uh, studios to end their four-month strike and that's a good thing because now the workers can get back to uh recording their movies recording their projects what they were doing before the strike even began 
Now, as of right now, they would say the deal includes above pattern minimum compensation increases, unprecedented provisions for consent and compensation that will protect members from the threat of AI and for the first time establishes a streaming participation bonus. The union also said it had secured increases to its pension and health caps and outsized compensation increases for background performers. So I'm glad that they were able to get all that done. I'm glad that workers were actually able to stand together and actually make the big companies bend the knee. When this summer came about, you got to see a lot of people start coming around and start actually like banding together to make the big companies bend the knee. First, you had the writer strike. You had that going down. Then it was the United Auto Workers. They had that strike going down. It was going to be I believe it was UPS. They were going to have their strike, but then like UPS people, the big owners, they cut that down before they could even get that strike happening. They made a deal with them mugs extremely quick, so that strike never went to pass. Then you had uh, the actors here. They went on strike, and then you had, um, there was one more. There was one more. Oh, the nurses. The nurses, they were going to go on strike, and they did go on strike for a small little bit of time, but then they got their deals re-upped. But now you have the auto workers. They got their deals right. You got both the writers, actors got their deals right. You got everybody that went on strike, got their stuff together. The only people that somehow they cannot get their stuff together or at least go on strike and succeed right are the teachers. That's insane to me. But hopefully one day the teachers will come together because I think teachers are a... I think the teachers' pay is not that great. I think teachers will say that because, again, as I've been saying constantly, teachers are teaching the future of America. They're basically teaching the future of this uh, world. So them not getting paid, them working so much, them dealing with these bratty kids from time to time. No, not time to time. Doing with them a long period of time. And they're not getting paid well for it. That's insane. I'm hoping that the teachers and other businesses, other people that want to band together, they band together and stick stick with it the way that these people did. So hopefully that gave people hope. Hopefully that gives people uh, the mindset to say, hey, if they were able to do it and make the big companies bend the knee and get their stuff uh, right, maybe we can do the same thing. Maybe we can make the people bend the knee and at least come to an agreement for things of what we need. So that's what I'm hoping for from this because this gives a lot of people hope. Hopefully, as I said, people will see this, band together, and go out and create a strike. Because think about it. You had entertainment literally be on hold this summer. They stopped working to band together to say, yo, we want better this, better that. We want better pay. We want all these things to come out right for us. And they were able to get it, but they had to basically sacrifice themselves. They had to sacrifice their work. They had to sacrifice money just for them to have a better future, not just for themselves, but for people coming after them in the future. So as I said, they were able to do this. I'm hoping that other people are able to do this as well, because I guarantee you there's a lot of businesses that got some crappy uh, work environments, crappy pay. People need to band together and start striking so you can get what you can get from these big companies and make them bend the knee. Make them do it. Because what they're going to do? Not do it. And then guess what? They're going to have to hire new workers. And guess what? The new workers are going to try to make them bend the knee as well because they know they're at the new workers' feet because you know you ain't got people working for them. So again, it's all in one big, gigantic circle. So again, I'm happy everybody was able to get what they got. And hopefully this sets the template for how the rest of the people should band together whenever you do a strike. Don't give in, continue to persist, and trust me, the big overlords will bend the knee to your will, or at least come to an agreement to some of the things of what you want. Now, with that being said, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. Before I do that, I would like to say thank you to the podcast sites and thank you to the downloaders, because this past week we were able to get past the 5,000 uh, download marking for the My Two Cents podcast, I would like to say thank you to everyone that helped contribute to this. I want to say thank you to you guys, the downloaders and the podcast sites, because again, without you guys, I wouldn't be able to uh, do what I'm doing right now. And yeah, just thank you. 
hopefully in 2024 we get bigger the downloads will get more bigger and the production will get bigger so this podcast will be a better listening experience to you guys the downloaders and potential future downloaders as well so again i would like to say thank you to every single one of you guys for getting this podcast past the 5,000 download marking this past week thank you now with that being said as i said thank you to the download sites because without them i won't be able to get this podcast out to you guys downloaders and without you guys downloaders i won't be able to do none of this I'll just be one guy talking to a mic, talking to a black void, and that's about it. So again, I want to say thank you all, and always remember. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I do love you. This is not a gimmick. This is all for real. I appreciate every single one of you guys, because you guys could be listening to anything in the world, but you guys decided to listen to me, and uh, I appreciate that. So, I want you guys to have a great Sunday. Have a great rest of your week. I will be back again as usual with my midweek episode breakdowns on Wednesday. I'll be talking about professional wrestling on Saturday and next Sunday. I will be talking to you guys about anything that pertains to news for the Sunday edition of the My Two Cents podcast. So again, I thank you all. I love you all. This is a goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. This has been My Two Cents podcast presented by and hosted by G2. He is I and I am him. I love you all. I thank you. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.